Welcome to the Human and Technology Podcast. This podcast is for anyone who develops, distributes or uses technology. For all those who always have the feeling that technology overwhelms or dominates them. For everyone who wants to know how to deal with technology in everyday life. For anyone who wants to understand what technology does to us and how we can get our lives back. This podcast is for those who want to make technology sexy. All the product developers, designers, UX, UI professionals, product managers, CTOs and CEOs. And it is for you. My name is Dr. Peter Reska. My friends call me Dr. Peter. I am your host and I am happy that you are here. I usually do not bash any technologies because I know how different technology is developed at any product, any technological product, service, software, anything that is out there is a compromise. All these products are built by teams and the different team members have different interests, have different ideas, have different targets have different views and um, so any any technological product is always a compromise between them so for example you have the, the product manager um, he or she wants to have a maximum number of features the marketing person wants to have it uh, as outstanding as possible the controller wants to have it as cheap as somehow possible and finally the HMI usability UX person wants to have it uh, as easy to use as, as somehow possible. So any any product is a compromise and um, so it is easy to bash technology because you never know what compromise was done, how, by whom and why. And and so I usually don't do this. I don't pick a single technology and say, hey, this is stupid stuff and this could have been done any better or whatever. But in this particular case, I make a small um, exception but I can't help but have to make a few critical comments about a super hot uh, unbelievably hyped technology and this technology is Android Auto and most of you will know what, what Android Auto basically is, but um, some of you may not. And so I, I uh, will explain a few words about what Android Auto is, where it comes from, and, and what exactly it does. So Android Auto is a technology based on the Android operating system, which is the operating system by Google. And it is installed on most of um, the smartphones on a global basis. They have a clear majority is, is there in, in this operating system. And uh, there's a high number of smartphones out there with that. It's also on tablets. It's in different devices. But the main use case still is, is smartphones. And uh, the idea behind Android Auto is that you can use your smartphone in a car, but not in the way that you pick up your smartphone, you have it in your hand and you play around with that, 
which uh, is illegal already in many regions of the world. For example, in Germany, you are not allowed to take your smartphone uh, into the hand when the engine is running. And um, But uh, on the other hand, users really like to have um, the connectivity of their Android smartphones, um, the apps they have on it, the data that is on this. And uh, so... Android Auto is basically a bridging technology so that you can use the content of your smartphone while you're in the car by using the in-vehicle hardware. So you have a touchscreen, navigation, infotainment, IVI system in your car and you connect your smartphone to it. And then you have a limited number of apps with a limited functionality on the touchscreen of the vehicle and you can control with the vehicle devices the functionality of these smartphone apps. So it sounds like a pretty cool idea and um, to be honest I thought it is a pretty cool idea. Little spoiler, I don't think it anymore. But um, yeah, it, uh, it seems, uh, seems to fulfill a strict user need. Um, it, it seems to bridge uh, different technologies, different worlds, the world of smartphones and the world of cars, of automotive. And so, yeah, Android Auto seems to be a good thing. And there are clear advantages of, of uh, Android Auto. Um, one, as I already said, is you have apps available. And it's not all apps. Uh, it is a limited, uh, predefined number of apps. So uh, your app, if you want to have one on the dashboard, needs to be qualified to be accessible through Android Auto with the vehicle devices. So this is one thing, one point, um, but, but you have it. You have certain apps, and I will name a few. Um, Google Maps is accessible. WhatsApp is accessible. Uh, you can, for example, if you get a WhatsApp message, you can press a button and then this uh, message is, is read out to you. It is not displayed on the display, so you can listen to it. You do not need to turn your eyes away from the road. So that sounds pretty, pretty convincing. You can use Spotify, for example, as I said, Google Maps. So there are cars out there that don't have an internal navigation uh, engine and no, no internal map data. And so you can use on the in-vehicle screen um, the, the Google Maps application. So there are various things um, that, that are possible. You have uh, a more flexible technology. I mean, you have a new smartphone every 6, 12, 24 months. And, and in the worst case, uh, I mean, if you buy a car and, and you keep that for 15 years, you have the same technology fixed in the car for these 15 years. Yes, there is uh, software updates available today for modern cars and, and you can do something about this. But basically, the, the electronics hardware remains the same as long as the car is, is on the road. So you have always the latest available. You get faster updates. Um, you have more flexibility. So also a good thing about uh, Android Auto. Next thing is the HMI, the human-machine interface uh, is, uh, of, of smartphones, of apps, is very familiar to us. And, and we are all used to that. We all know how to use 
um, the icons we all knew know how to use the, the single apps and then we just tap on something and so we know this and uh, you have this in the car now as well which is um, what we as, as uh, HMI designers as UX designers as UI designers uh, what we call external consistency so something in my car works in the same way as it works on my smartphone and another advantage of Android Auto is I have my device in the car. It's it's my data, it's my access points, it's my apps. So it, it's my thing that I'm I'm having there. And uh, particularly if you, as as I do it, use uh, quite a lot of rental cars, it is a good feeling to know. Okay, it's my device that is connected there, and um, I, can, I can use a certain functionality of my smartphone without transferring my contacts uh, and my internet links or whatever my, my browser history into some car that will be used by someone else uh, the, the next day. So those are the advantages. Um, there is also a clear statement from, from many different sites that uh, the use of Android Auto will lead to less to lower driver distraction. And the question here is lower driver distractions compared to what? So if I compare the Android Auto with uh, the Android smartphone, yes, of course, the driver distraction is far lower when I use this technology. But if I compare uh, a well-designed infotainment system like we have it in, in many cars, uh, particularly premium cars out there. I mean, there is a lot of brain powers of designers, psychologists, linguists in there. And everything in these HMIs is, and I mean, I work in this industry since 35 years. Every, everything in these HMIs is done and designed and decided for reuse on the road. So if you want to have a good design navigation system for on-road use, the embedded systems, the ones you find in a car, are clearly the better solution than any Android Auto or Android device could ever be. So this with a lower driver distraction compared to smartphones, yes. Compared to embedded in-vehicle systems, no. But, and uh, this is what uh, I see in all the discussions with my, my clients and all the users that I'm interviewing and all these things that, that I grab my information from is there is a significant pressure from the market to bring these technologies into vehicles. So users want to have it, users want to have their apps and their HMI from the smartphones reflected onto their dashboards. Little spoiler here from uh, my network and the discussions I'm having in my network. There is a serious amount of criticism of Android Auto behind closed doors uh, in the automotive industry. Many believe that we should not do this, and uh, but but the pressure from the market is so high, the the user demand is so big that uh, well. We're having it in cars and it is on roads. 
So what are then the main points, uh, the main critical points? What, what, is, what are the criticism in that? I mentioned a few, but um, I want to have a particular focus uh, on, on these uh, weak points of Android Auto here. The main point for me is that there is a loss of controls of the automotive OEMs, of the car makers. They, I mean, until 10 or even five years ago, the dashboard, the screen was the holy grail of, of uh, customer communication. Well, the, the car company like Mercedes or Audi or BMW, they said, hey, it's our customer and we design for this specific customer groups and we own the customers, ours, and there will never be any other HMI on the dashboard that we will, uh, that we did not design. And uh, they did not sometimes did not even allow their suppliers, their electronic suppliers, to 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 develop HMI solutions. And I mean, that was the situation there. And now they lose control over their HMI. I mean, they open up their cars and they they put these apps, this smartphone philosophy into the cars. And this loss of control is not um, only on HMIs. I mean, the, the uh, HM, car agent, the HMIs uh, of, of Android Auto, they are not designed for the cars. That's what's a big critical point. But it's also the networks. It's uh, You open up your electronic networks, which a few years ago was totally unthinkable in the automotive industry. You cannot open your network. Uh, even even simple plugs, simple audio plugs were critical. USB plugs, oh my God! And now they open up the anti-devices to some external company um, that is not always good for them. You get like startup times, uh, which is a critical thing. And um, the more from a technical point of view, the most critical thing probably is that Android is a Trojan horse. So it is totally unclear what happens with all the data Android is grabbing, Android Auto is grabbing in the car. So it's collecting data there, it's transferred, we know this. Uh, Google, of course, says, oh, we're totally clean with that, it's all safe and we'll not misuse it. Come on, guys, um, I can't believe this. And so, yeah, it's, it's an open data space, it's an open data transfer that's happening there. And so well, nobody really knows what, what's happening there. Technical guys also say, I don't, it's not my, my domain, but uh, technical guys says that uh, it's easier for hackers to attack the car when there is an Android smartphone connected. I don't know whether this is true, but um, I, I don't have a problem believing this. And then another point uh, which I see critical on Android Auto is that you have a slow reaction to the problem of the user. So there's an unclear distribution of responsibilities between the car maker, the supplier, the mobile phone manufacturer and Google. So at the end, if you have a problem, something just doesn't work. You call the OEM, he says, no, it's the supplier. Um, then you ask a supplier, he says, no, it's the mobile phone. And the mobile phone maker says, no, it's Google. And Google says, no, it's the OEM. And then you have a beautiful um, distribution of, of responsibilities or even, even more clear of non-responsibility for anything. And 
this from our point of view is, is also a critical point. Okay, so um, we are at the airport of Palma de Mallorca on Mallorca, which is a beautiful island in Spain, which is my second home place. And uh, I had summer vacation. So I arrived there, train, uh, plane, touched down there, got out of it, uh, went to my uh, rental car company. And um, as usual, when I'm there, um, I had a comparably small car, pretty straightforward car. I mean, roads are pretty narrow on, on, on Mallorca, parking space is low, so a smaller car has, has clear advantages. And um, I had two weeks of summer vacation in front of me, and uh, my rental car company upgraded me to a mid-size SUV built by um, a, one of the largest car makers of the world. And um, I entered the car and I found out, hey, there is Android Auto on board. And I had another rental car about three years ago uh, when, when I was in Michigan from, from Detroit Airport. And that one had also Android Auto three years ago. And I had pretty mixed experiences there. Um, you had to plug in your smartphone, which I had not realized, and the entire HMI seemed to be a little critical. And so I thought, all right, um, now I have two weeks in front of me with a real user experience, a real car. We were driving a lot on the island. And um, yeah, not, not one of these more academic experiences I had in between the two Android Auto experiences. I mean, I worked a lot on the clients and we had test cars and test boards and, and I had it there. But this time I had two weeks of real user experience of Android Auto. Okay, my impressions. To make a spoiler up front, I have serious doubts whether Android Auto is a good thing. Let's start in the beginning. Um, establishing a connection was relatively easy. Um, probably it helped that I know how to do this and that I know it in principle, how it should work. And uh, the positive surprise was that uh, the connection works without a cable. So the versions I had used before always required a USB cable, but this one was wireless. And later I found out um, it does not work through Bluetooth, which I had thought until that moment, but through Wi-Fi. This has consequences. Um, not at first sight, but, but if you work with this a little longer, this may lead into to trouble. And, and you have to understand this. You have to find out, oops, all right, um, there's a Wi-Fi connection between my smartphone and my car. The main use case uh, that I had was navigation. So there was no internal navigation system in the car. Um, so we used, while traveling over Mallorca, the uh, Android, uh, the Google, Google Maps uh, navigation system, that the, the internal one. And I had some serious problems with that. The first thing is the speech recognition is extremely poor. So 
the recognition rate was maybe 50%. And it was independent of what I said, how I said it. It was independent of where I was on the island. I mean, something you need to mention is uh, you need uh, to have the full functionality of Android Auto network connection. And in some parts of Mallorca, the, the uh, cell phone network is not that good. But independent from that, there was a maximum uh, recognition rate of 50%. And when the system did not understand what I said, uh, I sometimes got the statement, unfortunately, I didn't understand you. And I mean, the first thing is the system fakes empathy, which um, I find totally crazy, but okay, it does it. Um, but sometimes nothing happened. So you say something, you press the button, you speech, press the speech recognition uh, button, you say Palma de Mallorca, Paseo Maritimo, and um, either the system says, I didn't understand you, or sometimes it just didn't say anything at all. And the speech recognition then closed immediately. So if I wanted to try it again, maybe my accent was wrong, I was talking too fast, or maybe that particular address was not digitized, so I use another one. So you had to press the button again, which is a certain amount of driver distraction. But uh, it's, it's totally crazy. I mean, uh, the, the, the system I'm having in my car, the embedded system, if I say something and it doesn't understand me, it says, I didn't understand it, please say it again. And it remains open. But the Android Auto speech recognition just closes down and then you have to press the button again. Okay, since um, the speech recognition was not possible, I thought a good alternative could be to make an input on the screen. When I tried that, I got a message that the input through the screen is not possible while driving. And okay, I can understand this to a certain point. Uh, they don't want the people to, to fiddle around uh, with the system. But my wife was driving. and I was the passenger. And I wanted to make this input. And it is totally safe if a driver makes an input. But the system just didn't accept it. Okay, then I said, um, since my wife is driving, I had my smartphone in my hands. So next step is I will enter the destination on the smartphone. And uh, then I will find it on, uh, on, on the dashboard in the big display. And again, I get a message on my smartphone that this is not possible. The phone, the uh, smartphone, the, the app, the Google Maps app was blocked while the car was driving. And I mean, that is getting real weird then that this uh, smartphone, uh, that, that the, the head unit takes control over my smartphone, over my device. But this is not the end of the story. Um, it gets even worse. Um, I found, I mean, being, being an experienced technical guy, um, I found a workaround. I said, I'm going to turn off the Wi-Fi um, off my mobile phone, then enter the destination, activate it, switch on the Wi-Fi again, and then it should work. Then it should be on the head unit. And I tried that. And that was the moment when I found out, oh, it's not Bluetooth, it's Wi-Fi, the, 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 the connection is using. And the smartphone 
repeatedly and right away, within a second, switched on the Wi-Fi again. Without asking, without giving me any feedback. I turned off the Wi-Fi, started to search where is Google Maps here, and it turned it on again. And it blocked Google Maps again. And hey guys, this is a real takeover of my smartphone by the head unit. And I cannot even stop it. And that is super crazy. Okay, once we got that working, um, the navigation HMI is uh, so la la, it's okay-ish. Uh, it all works somehow, but uh, we all know it, the, the map design and the entire input design that is not optimized for in-vehicle use, but it's okay. Uh, it, it takes you where you want to, and the traffic data of, of Google Maps is excellent. Um, so, yeah, it, it takes you where you want to go, and, and uh, so, so it's some kind of, of okay. Another use case I had is Spotify. Um, I have a lot of playlists and I listen to, to maybe, probably all of my music uh, through Spotify. And there is a limited access to, to Spotify functionality on the vehicle touchscreen. There is some restrictions in that, and I understand this, of course. Uh, to reduce driver distraction, you should not search for artists in lists with the 100 entries and so on. Um, but okay, somehow irritating. The, the, uh, I mean, it took me quite some time to find out what is working on the screen and what does not work on the screen. So, for example, checking my own playlists, playing them, starting them, no problem. Finding out uh, the last listened to playlists, also no problem. But uh, uh, finding a particular artist, uh, searching for one, one special artist I want to listen to, not possible. So it, it took some, some time to find out what, what was working and what not. In that case, strange, strange, strange the access through the smartphone was possible at any time. So when my wife was driving and we decided we want to listen to this exotic piece of music, I could search on this, being a passenger, selecting it and playing it on the head unit in the car. So that was possible with Spotify, but not with Google Maps. Okay, another music-related um, bug that I found is um, there was a wireless charging unit integrated into the vehicle. So it was very nice on the dashboard. It plays with a little rubber on top and you could uh, place your smartphone there and then it was charged wirelessly. And good thing. And I mean, if you drive for a longer road and you want to listen to music and you want to use all the technology, it's a good thing that you know my smartphone is always charged. Problem is, if the device was there, the transmission of the music was often heavily corrupted. And yeah, there was, was crackling in the sound and got on and off. And it was totally, you could not listen to it. And for me, it was not possible to, to fully reproduce the conditions under which this uh, was happening. And so I did not find out how to stop it. Um, but since it only happened when I placed my smartphone on on the wireless charging pad, I probably think that it has something to do with the wireless charging. And so I think that this is totally absurd. 
I mean, if you put a smartphone into wireless charging and want to play some music and the music is corrupted, you cannot listen to it because it is there. I mean, that, that is ridiculous. All right, um, some general remarks. Uh, a smartphone HMI, and I already said this a couple of times, but I cannot say it often enough. A smartphone HMI is not an automotive HMI. Two different worlds, two different use cases, two different contexts. And uh, Android Auto is mixing these two worlds with the different HMIs, believing that this is a good thing. I think it's not a good thing. But uh, we, can, we can really keep uh, in mind a smartphone HMI is not an automotive HMI. Everything in this environment, in this world, in this uh, connectivity between a smartphone and a car through uh, Android Auto is a bit weird, is a bit difficult to understand, difficult to access. So it, it's not that easy and not that obvious and not that smooth as um, I would like to, to have it. There is a good will visible, so um, I mean, uh, they at least try it. But uh, it became clear to me that a good user experience, a new level of user experience, is not the goal of Google. They want to go into the vehicle with all that power, with all the, the uh, pressure they can, they can use, and with all the pressure they have from the user side, and there they can collect, control, manage data processing, connectivity. They can record user behavior. Um, so I think that that is their core target and this is what they do. So at the end, for me, there is two questions. The first one, is it worth the price the automotive industry is paying for this Trojan horse? for Google invading the car dashboard just to have a few more apps in the car? I think clear and loud, no. Second question, is Android Auto really an essential step forward in terms of user experience? Definitely no. Maybe it's the same level, probably it is a big step backwards. My view of Android Auto has changed significantly in these two weeks summer vacation I had at, at Mallorca. From interesting technology that could be something good to I'd rather leave my fingers off and I will not use it and I cannot recommend this. I do not see a real value for real users in real use cases. That's it for today. Thanks for listening. And if you like that podcast, why not recommending that to one other person in your network? So the more people listen to this podcast, the higher it will be ranked on the respective platforms. And the more, again, more people will have a chance to grab some knowledge here. That's it for today. Thank you for spending time with me. I hope you were able to take something with you and do something for yourself that will be forever. For an unknown exchange, you will find me on LinkedIn and on my websites, peter-rusker.com 
and beyond-hmi.de. Write me an email under podcast at beyond-hmi.de. Tune in next time. Take care and stay healthy.